Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! Walter Bruce Willis found fame in the 80s on the small screen as private detective David Addison in Moonlighting, but it wasn't long before he was a true Hollywood movie star with starring roles in classics such as Pulp Fiction, Sixth Sense, and of course Die Hard. Recently he announced his retirement from acting, so what better time to celebrate Bruce and his movies? Here's Neil with 10 facts about Bruno, yippee Kaye, muddy funsters. Thank you very much, Pat. So here we go. Bruce Willis was born in Germany. His dad was an American soldier who met his mum while stationed in West Germany. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Bruce Willis had a severe stutter as a child. Oh, was that? <laughs> yippee <ki-yay>, motherfucker. <laughs> he sported military fatigues and spiked his hair when he went to his moonlighting audition. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. While filming Die Hard and the infamous under-the-table shooting scene, the blanks were so loud they caused Bruce to get permanent hearing loss. yippee motherfucker. When Bruce and Demi Moore decided to wed, they were married in Las Vegas by none other than Little Richard. yippee motherfucker. <laughs> that one as well. <laughs> Bruce famously put a $1 million bounty on Saddam Hussein and Osama Bin Laden. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. In the early 2000s, Bruce bought 12,000 boxes of Girl Scout cookies and sent them to soldiers fighting in the Middle East after his daughter persuaded him to do so. Sorry. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Getting a bit antsy with the button. Yeah, Bruce Willis was the first Hollywood star to act in a video game. In 1998, Willis starred in Apocalypse on the PlayStation 1. yippee motherfucker. Bruce Willis turned down the role of Sam Wheat in Ghost. It went to Patrick Swayze in the end. yippee motherfucker. And as you heard earlier, his full name is actually Walter Bruce Willis. yippee motherfucker. Well, there you go. Thank you very much for that, Neil. 
we are joined by a movie expert and uh, someone that I'm assuming is a is a Bruce Willis fan, ladies and gentlemen, is Andy from the Road to Nowhere podcast. Hello, Andy. Evening, guys. How are you doing? We're doing all right. Now, we understand that you might be a little bit distracted and a little <laughs> bit like you're not, not 100% vision on us. Uh, so explain what's going on, because as we're recording this, something very special is happening, isn't it, Andy? Well, if you're from the green and white half of Glasgow, yeah. If you're not, then it's a bit of a shiter of the night for you. But that's unfortunate. Um, it's half time just now, so we're all right for the minute. But um, yeah, Celtic are in the league tonight, so I'm kind of, I won't be distracted. It's fine because we've squished it this year. It's been a piece of piss. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just been a, a, been a football fan, is what it is. And didn't expect to even be close to it this year, so it's a bit of a. A bit of a surprise, a happy surprise. I can imagine. I mean, it was a. I mean, we're going to maybe just just veer off into football talk for a little bit. So, apologise if you if you're not a football fan. But what were you twenty five points behind or something like that last season? So yeah, you weren't yeah. you were, surely weren't expecting to maybe just just to narrow the gap a little bit, maybe. Yeah. So it's been just six points clear at the minute drawn just now but need one point from six um, yeah so Celtic were going for this ten in a row thing last year the first side to do it in Scotland and it basically all went tits up the the manager just started gaslighting the fans the board put up fences around the stadium mm. um, and it was a, a Another farce to be honest um, and then we had a whole summer of chasing Eddie Howe who met with Celtic are kind of mainly owned by a billionaire, Dermot Desmond. They met him, got taken to his house, and there was this whole thing about him waiting to find out if his backroom staff could join him if Bournemouth got, didn't get promoted, I think it was. Mm. And then it just that broke down. And we got in this, for our side of the world, certainly anyway, unknown, and Ange Postacoglu from, who's a, a Greek-born Australian, um, was managing in Japan for Yokohama Marinos. Um, he's got links with the City Group, so Yokohama are under the City Group. Um, so he's worked kind of closely with them. And I remember being furious uh, when we signed them up. And I said the day that he signed, says I hope he fails. And I hope he's fucking sacked by Halloween. But <laughs> that was just an anger thing because there's an issue with certainly. I don't like having links to the City Group. But, um, yeah. But there you go. I mean, if you knew then what you know now, it was um, you'd have welcomed him with open arms, wouldn't you? Definitely. I mean, this is maybe a bit underperformed in Europe, but we've been underperforming in Europe for about twenty years. So, um, I don't think we've won a knockout stage game, a tie. Sorry, we've won a couple of games, but a tie since two thousand and four. I think mm. was the last time. Um, but we got a League Cup in December and we've had a threadbare squad. I mean, people say he spent a lot of money and I think he spent about £20 million, which for up here is quite good. But we brought in over 40. So, and it needed it. We lost our best striker. We lost our best defender. Some people might say we lost our best midfielder, but I never liked Ryan Christie. So, it was just a whole... The chief, the chief executive left as well. It's just been a, a, bit, a massive rebuild and he just came in and he seems to... He never gets too high, never gets too low. And the Scottish press, who I am not the biggest fan of, are not very... Don't really know how to take him and don't deal with him, which is funny. So it's good. Mm. 
Mm. Well, I'll, I'll say it now because I think it's going to happen. So congratulations. Obviously, when people Thank hear you. this, it will be getting close to the new season starting. So enjoy that little gap because then it's... Well, then I suppose after that, you've got next week or the week out. No, a couple of weeks' time, Scotland playing Ukraine, is it? No. Yeah, yeah, it's Ukraine. Um, and then the winners play June? play Wales. Yeah, June, June Wales. the 1st or June the 2nd or something like that, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. Just in time... I just uh, it's been delayed. I think it was meant to have been in May or That's right. April or something. Or, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It was good being at the Euros. I mean, we were terrible, but it was first time. I mean, I, I was ten when France '98 happened, so that was the last time we had been there. God, you're just a young tournament. pup, aren't you? <laughs> you haven't had decades and decades of disappointment like we have as England fans. Yeah. You see, so yeah. Well, I still enjoyed the final. Yeah. So that was quite good. I'm partially Italian for that night. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not going to talk about football, obviously, but congratulations, Andy, on your, your team's uh, success, which will happen and would have yeah. happened by now when you're listening to this. So okay. there you go. Thanks, so, I've, I've, I've worked really hard for it. <laughs> I bet you have. Uh, but we're here to talk about Bruce Willis. Um, mm. Obviously, the sad news that um, Asphasia was what he'd been diagnosed with. Um, so for, before we actually go in, because I think obviously we're going to have a lot of duplicates in this top 10. So start with you, Neil. What what does Bruce Willis... I mean, I'm talking like he's already died, which obviously he hasn't, but it's more of a... This is going to be a tribute to Bruce Willis. What's, yes. what's your thoughts on Bruce Willis as an actor? In the 80s and 90s, I'll say late 80s through the 90s, he was pretty much the number one action star shall we say uh he was hollywood bankable um and that's where i'd like to remember him not so much in the recent years where he's been churning out what i would call the director video shite um which i know pays the bills etc etc but we have to remember he's not a bad actor he was a pretty decent actor in his time and and i think he lost his way and also those awful tv interviews didn't do him any favour. And we must forget those and remember him as the go-lucky guy when he was on the rounds doing the Planet Hollywood tours with Stallone and Schwarzenegger. He was the guy we all wanted to be. He was cool as fuck, wasn't he? Mm. He really was. Mm. He was a cool dude. Mm. And that's how I like to remember him from yeah. there. We'll talk about his movies a bit later on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Andy, you as we just said, you're a little bit younger than we are. Um, where do you stand in regards to Bruce Willis as an actor then? <clears throat> I wouldn't say he's my favourite of all time. Like I can appreciate that he's done a lot of good work, especially in some of the movies that we're going to talk about. For me, I've kind of we'll see it from the what ten that his sci-fi and his horror was is quite an influence mm. on not an influence on me, but like it was my kind of go-to for him. Um I think uh what you were saying earlier on about the kind of straight to the straight to DVD stuff. I think that's maybe shown that I've never seen any of them, but apparently it's like they put him on the cover and he's in it for like less than three minutes mm. type of thing. Yeah. But it maybe shows that with the, as you say, is this Asphasia? Asphasia? Asphasia, yeah. Asphasia. Yeah. He's maybe known that's been coming and he's went, right, just fill the bank up for family, mm. friends, and kids and things like that. So you can understand that at the time you're sitting going, why is he making five of these a year? Yeah, which shows he's he's obviously. I would assume he's still got a lot of money. I don't know his background and 
and everything, but he's just trying to secure his family for as long as he can possibly, um, yeah. which is paints him in a good light. Um, I actually played the game Apocalypse years ago on the PS1, mm. which was a, a huge thing. I remember it being so well advertised that he was in mm. this game. Um, and it was actually a decent game, not one of these, not like a, a movie tie-in or anything, so a bit of effort put into it. But yeah, I think mostly he's, he's kind of sci-fi, kind of horror leanings I, I go towards more so than some of his other stuff. And what that is is great, the stuff yeah. he's in there. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, I... Like like Neil said, where everyone wanted to be, I wanted to be Bruce Willis mm. back in nineteen eighty whatever it was. when when Moonlighting first came out. That was the Thursday night. Thursday night on BBC was amazing television on BBC One and BBC Two. Had top of the so just bear with us, um, Andy, while we go <laughs> well, back in time before you were even born. It was yeah. like it used to have Top of the Pops, and I mean I think Only Fools and Horses, Blackadder, mm. and then Moonlighting used to be on. And he was that kind of guy. He was he's the wise cracking guy that was good looking that everybody I think all the all the blokes want. And I wanted to be him. I wanted to go bold like him because he went bold the, the, the cool way, where it had, you could spike your hair up. I tried to have my hair cut like him, couldn't get it done like that. I just wanted to be Bruce Willis. And then when it was a re- return of Bruno, I couldn't remember going around dressed in black t shirt blue jeans and then the sort of back to the future high tops that he used to wear because i just wanted to be like bruce willis mm. i think he was just such a cool bloke he just and just because of that was before any of the movies came out um now have you guys ever seen any of the red letter media videos on on youtube it's like uh, mr plinkett and all of that well they did a video before bruce willis came out about the asphasia um, diagnosis just concentrating on these movies that Bruce Willis has been making the you know and basically where every movie he's only in it for probably 10-15 minutes um, he's never in a scene with anybody else so it looks like he's films all of his bits by himself and then they just cut them they cut them in he's mainly always sitting down and they were saying and it looks like he has like a something in his ear so it looks like they're feeding him his lines. So they're taking the piss out of him, which is what Red Letter Media do. They're very funny, funny guys. And basically saying that he he gets a million dollars for these movies. So if you do five a year, you're getting five million dollars. Hmm. Um, that's basically the majority of the budget. So everyone else is getting paid shitloads. He comes in, does two or three days work, and then says, bye, everyone. And then what they do for the for the wide shots, if you like, they use a stand-in. And sometimes they showed some of the clips. It's not even a very good stand-in. They just find some some guy that's bold that they can shoot from the back. I, I, I'll put it in the video playlist, the, the, their video, because it does look bad. And I think the trouble is a lot of people now have thought that that's what Bruce Willis is. Yeah, and I think sad, I don't think that that was Bruce Willis when you actually think about it, was a movie star. He wasn't a great actor. I think he's like Harrison Ford. He was not a great actor, but he's a movie star. And I feel that um, that's how we should... And again, it sounds like we're talking about him when he's he's died and he hasn't, but that's how we should remember him. Remember him as the wise-cracking, um, just movie star. Uh, a Celtic scored. 
Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I think well done. I thought that little look on his face. <laughs> Jump for the head of him. Yeah, good stuff. That's, that's fine because yeah. we can we can we can sort of react to it in real time. So that's fine. I'd rather that because if you they hadn't scored if they'd gone one nil down. <laughs> oh my god, what mood. mood you're going to be in? <laughs> okay, so did like you hung up? We're gonna yeah. we're, we're gonna get a lot of um, uh, jubilees. But we will have a good chat about each movie and, and what it means to us. So, Andy, kick us off with your number 10, your 10th Bruce Willis movie. Number 10 is 12 Monkeys. Uh, that's my number four. Oh, that's my number nine. <laughs> so um, there you go. I think it's a sci-fi classic. Um, you've got a great performance for Willis and also Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um I mean, it's trippy as fuck. Like, it's such a strange, strange movie. The first time I've seen it, I was quite young and I didn't really understand what was going on. Like, I didn't understand how... We go, how spoilery would we go? Spoil away. Spoil away. I didn't realise how young Bruce Willis, how he could have seen old Bruce Willis. And it just kind of blew my mind a wee bit when I, being mm. the age I was when I seen it. Um, but yeah, it's just a kind of mind-bending... It's, I just absolutely love it. I can watch it loads of times. Um, I have watched it loads of times. Sorry, I can watch it uh, as often as I want. Um, and it never gets old. Um, it's, it's Terry Gilliam, isn't it? Yeah, and Terry he's Gilliam, yeah. one for doing these kind of... Brazil's one that's kind of passed me by, but <clears throat> he had a, a reputation coming into this for being able to get those weird kind of psychedelic feelings on screen. Um, it also reminds me a wee bit of... And this is a movie that's came up for me so much and I really don't like it and I don't know why it keeps coming up. I don't know if you have seen um, City of Lost Children. I um, have, yeah. Yeah, I really don't like it. But it's aesthetically, and I don't know what one came first, I think 12 Monkeys was 95 maybe. It was so, 95, yeah. Yeah, so I think that uh, City of Lost Children came after, Jean-Pierre Jeunet. And um, it's that kind of grimy, uh, dystopian, future type world, but almost like a brown filter over it at times when he's in the future anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, aesthetically, I just think it's great and a, a brilliant story. Mm. Yeah, Neil? I think it's, I was going to say, I think it was one of Terry Gilliam's most successful movies. I mean, Bruce Willis very good. He's managed to get two great performances out of actors mm. that not necessarily were known for being given great performances both Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt I mean Brad Pitt was Oscar nominated wasn't he for Best Supporting Actor for this yeah. one um, and isn't it Madeline Stowe in it as well it is Madeline Stowe indeed yeah. and she was very good it's just the whole like like um, Andrew said the whole look of it was almost grimy yet futuristic very very clever how he got the sets to look as it was and what a mind fuck the whole film is it really is hmm. um, and Andrew you've got to watch Brazil You've got to watch Brazil. It's always been on my list, and I've mm. just never got to it. It's just um, I, I don't know why. <laughs> like I, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I probably would like it, and it's just never, never made it. Um, never managed to get round to it. I think you see a bit as well, possibly a um, that it could influence the Matrix in terms of the machine world, the way it looks. Yeah, no, I can cables see that. and horribleness mm. and machinery and. Uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wachowski sisters were kind of influenced by that. But yeah, yeah. No, I probably agree. It's very grimy, very used. Look, mm -hmm. yeah. It's the thing. It, it, not that it's 
a direct descendant of, of Star Wars, but it has that that used universe isn't it and it's the future but there's nothing shiny and gleaming about the future here it's no it's all just broken and steel and jagged and there's there don't seem to be any nice curves and the one thing about terry gilliam i think see i'm, I'm the same as you andy i've i've brazil sort of passed me by and i had it on blu-ray for years and then i sold it i got, got rid of it because i got rid of all my blu-rays because i don't but I, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, is it? No, no, no. no so I've, I've sort of, well. yeah, I sort of, I had my chance of watching it because I actually had it, like I owned it, but I didn't mm. bloody watch it. I had a DVD box set um, of all the cuts of the movie, everything with all the behind the scenes was my pride and joy, and I was pers- persuaded to um, to lend it to somebody who then lent me the Kurosawa box set. And we never swap back. All oh, right. And I'm absolutely gutty because I want it back. Do you feel you got the uh, short end of the straw then with the well, no, box because, set? You know, you love the Kasara films. I mean, who doesn't? But yeah, I wish I had my Brazil back. Yeah. Oh, uh, that sounds like something out of a maker or a, a, a hair loss place, doesn't it? <laughs> I wish I had my Brazil back. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's. I think it's very. Ter- what was the name of the documentary that went with Twelve Monkeys? It was the hamster. The hamster wheel. That was it. The hamster wheel. Yeah. The hamster no, the factor. Ha- factor. The yeah. hamster factor. That's which is right. one of the best behind the scenes it's documentaries. Fascinating. Ever watched? Yeah, absolutely really? fascinating. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to see that. Um, okay, then Neil, you're number ten. So this will surprise a lot of people. Look who's talking. Ah. <laughs> lunch yeah i just think bruce willis made this film funny his voice he, he really put character into the baby um is it mikey wasn't it or nicky i don't know something like that yeah, yeah. his it, with his expressions he made it hilarious obviously it was the film that rejuvenated um john travolta i i'm a i'm a fan of this movie i watched it not so long ago and if i would say go back and watch it if you can it really i was gonna say is, i haven't seen it for a while i wonder whether it's still held up it does yeah. it really is some belly laughs especially from the opening scene with the sperm going in and way and all that it really has got some proper belly laughs I, i'd forgotten how funny it was it's george seagull as well isn't it george seagull oh yeah yeah it was um and it is, it's a proper laugh out loud. And like I say, Bruce Willis's voice work in this is fantastic. It fits perfectly. Ignore the sequels, because I haven't rewatched really those recently, but they were a shite. The, this one is just brilliant. Yeah, go back and rewatch it. Proper, proper belly laughs in it. Well, I thought it was. How many sequels did they do? It was three, wasn't it? Didn't they three do... with Bruce Willis and that, and then they did a fourth with the dogs or something, didn't they? Was what was the, what was the second one? The second one was a... Look who's talking to. Who's talking to, yeah. yeah. With, a, with, a, with a, he had sister. a sister. Mm. Was that then, Roseanne? Wasn't it? Roseanne, I think, yeah. And then what was number three? Number three was with the dogs, wasn't it? That's, oh, uh, yeah, the animal. It was Danny DeVito and... I can't no. remember who else it was, but yeah, Danny DeVito. I think it's Diane Keaton. Funny. Maybe Diane Keaton, maybe. Okay. But yeah, a lot funnier than I remember it. Yeah, I might give them another go. Let's just have a look, because it's been years, God, decades yeah. since I've watched those. Hmm. But I think see John Travolta I think is very similar to Bruce Willis. Is that I think he's he's ridiculed now for the for the movies that he he makes. Yeah, you know. Where, but I mean, there wasn't a bigger movie star in the seventies, sort of mid, mid to late seventies, than John Travolta. Well, and then he had the resurgence. And then the, the resurgence, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there you go. Top ten John Travolta movies. We'll do that next. <laughs> um, okay, my number ten is the Last Boy Scout. 
um, which was directed by Tony Scott, written by Shane Black of uh, Lethal Weapon fame. It's just a really good, solid detective series. And he's a, he's a little bit of a cross in that between sort of like David Addison and John McClane. Mm. But he's a bit schlubby. He's a bit of a, a loser. Um, but I, mean, I haven't seen that in ages. I remember that being pretty violent, if I remember. Oh, yeah. No, where he yeah. sat on the chair being punched. Always looked really graphic. Punch yeah, all time and I'll kill you. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And at the start of it with the the, uh, the American football game. That's and right. The guy it's in the rain and the guy's running to get to the the, the touchdown and just pulls a gun out and shoots the defender so that he can get in the end zone. A little bit drastic, but uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's one again that I've sorry uh, I've that passed me by. Um, I have heard about it. I listened to a, a podcast called We Hate Movies. I don't know if you know that at all. Um, it's these American kind of, four American guys, and they don't always hate the movies, and I don't think they hated The Last Boy Scout. Right. But they did say it was crazy. Yeah. Like it was yeah. just a mad, mad movie. And it, it definitely f- sounds like it's got elements of like um, another Shane Black, like The Nice Guys, where it's just That's almost slapstick funny at times. But yeah. Violent and serious, and the kind of in the background of it, but it's one I meant to check out. But no, I've yeah. not seen that. I mean, one. it is sort of like Buddy Cook. There's him and Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans is the mm. is the American footballer. That's There's true. loads. Of, I mean, like um, so looking at Halle Berry's in it. Yeah, you got Kim Coates who was in um, Sons of Anarchy, and he's also the guy that's in Waterworld. The water paper <laughs> paper. That's what it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. paper. Do you want some paper? That one. That's him. Um, <laughs> Great impression. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm here, I'm here all week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my number 10. Okay, uh, Andy, you're number nine. It's Planet Terror. Oh, that's my number eight. There we go. Okay. Go. But I put the Grindhouse because I prefer it together in the Grindhouse version yeah. than on its own. Yeah, I think it's part two, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. It's the same for both movies. Uh, off a of greenhouse like death proofs mm. a lot better when it's got 20 25 minutes cut off it um, this is it's just the kind of ultimate B movie mm. um, it's again going into kind of schlocky violence and he's not in a huge amount actually Bruce Willis he plays the kind of the colonel yeah. yeah and he's kind of the protagonist for a certain element of the characters Um it's just gross and horrible. And if you want to see Tarantino's balls fall off, if you don't like him, then <laughs> that's a movie for you. Yeah. <laughs> There's some great schlocky gore in it. If you like a mm. bit of gore, it's it's great. Some great yeah. melting scenes and mm. things. Lieutenant yeah. Muldoon. There you go, oh, Lieutenant Muldoon. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've... God, that's been... So what year was that? 2007. I haven't mm. seen that for ages. It was just the, that that whole thing, wasn't it, where where Tarantino was trying to bring the the Grindhouse movie back, yeah. and it looked really good. I mean, the, it did all the, all the you know the bad photography, the slashes, the burns on the screen, and those fake adverts, which I think are absolutely fucking genius. Yeah, especially Edgar Wright's one. I love that. Well, so much so that then then. Um, Machete ended yeah, up becoming like a, a, two mo- two movies they made out yeah. of that, didn't they? Is Hobo by a Shotgun one as well? Yeah, that's right. It came that became that. a movie as yeah. well. With uh, Howard in the yeah. Mineral. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I've not seen that one, but I've seen Machete. Movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Good stuff. Oh God, yeah. I, I want to see Machete again. I haven't seen because it wasn't the second one. Wasn't Mel Gibson the baddie in the second one? He was. Yeah, yeah. Machete kills. That's right. And then it ended up with like the, it's almost like a trailer at the end where it's going to machete in space. Space, and, yeah. Uh, which he nearly <laughs> his machete nearly became made. a lightsaber, didn't it? <laughs> very nearly made it. Robert Rodriguez said in an yeah. interview he was that close to making it. So I would have watched that. Yeah, but where where do people stand on Robert Rodriguez? Because because I I don't know whether he's a bad filmmaker. Because no, I, I watched think that. He is. I, I watched that um, Shark Girl and. No, Lava. Oh. oh, my God. I know it's not for me. I know it's a kid thing. But yeah. Jesus, it is crap. It is crap. But it's do you know so what? I bad. Think the whole thing was, was him experimenting with his FX ready for Sin yeah. City. I think mm. that's all it was. Do you think? Yeah, genuinely. Because even things like that and, and the, the Spy Kids, the, the special effects are so bad in it. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I was saying. He was prepping it for Sin City. And oh, I, I genuinely do. He's okay. a director that, when when he first came out, because I think Desperado, and that, not so fond of Once Upon a Time in Mexico, but Desperado, I think, is fucking genius. Yeah, I think it's a great film. Brilliant movie. Yeah, and absolutely. And a lot of his other stuff, I think, has been fantastic. The Faculty is brilliant. Mm. And and things like that. I, I, I put money on him back in the 90s that he'd be a director that would go on to win an Oscar. How wrong I was. Yeah. <laughs> But I still think he's got that that vision. I think he's a great visionary. Yeah, he's. I mean, look, he's in. He's in with the new Star Wars. Yeah. now isn't he? So he's he's doing a lot of that sort of stuff. But but yeah, I think my my kids or my my grandkids were watching the what is it? Shark girl and lava. Shark, shark, yeah. shark girl and lava. The, the adventures of shark shark boy and lava girl. So I've got shark three boy year old. and lava girl. And I was I sat there for like ten minutes with my mouth gaping open thinking what the hell is this this is awful but Bet. also that was in the 2000s and the, the effects from the 2000s have dated terribly now mm. that might be a lot of the problem jurassic park yeah. was 1993 yeah and that hasn't dated but a lot of the it shit... hasn't dated it's no. just as good you could watch no. that now and still think it was coming out i agree year. but there you've got a lot of stuff that people consider was great movies like the mummy and the mummy returns and all of that and you watch it back yeah. And the, the effects are shocking. Yeah. I'm not knocking him. I like, I like him as a, as a mm. filmmaker. It's just that sometimes on some of these films where it feels like he's making them for his kids. Yeah. You know, yeah that's what like, he did. He, he said it, yeah. didn't he? He yeah. did say he's making them for his children. Yeah. The other one that I watched recently that everybody thinks is a classic, Blade 2. The effects in Blade 2 are shocking. Right. Are they? I Literally that. shocking. That's the one with, um, is it Luke or Matt Goss? One of the two. One of the mm. Luke. Luke. Yeah. One of the Guillermo del Toro is the director. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Go on then, Neil. You're number nine. So I hate this word, and we've used it a lot in other things. Um, guilty pleasure movie Armageddon makes no fucking sense. That's my number two. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking makes love no that movie. sense, but I would say it's a brilliant fairground ride. It, it is really absolutely. It's it makes- just fun. <clears throat> um, it's Michael Bay when we could all tolerate Michael Bay. Just, um, hey, just about, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, that and the rock is probably the only things, but yeah, it's it's fun, isn't it? I mean, that's all we can put it as. And Bruce Willis is very, very good in that sort of role, as it is. It, yeah, know, he's the only person that could drill a nuclear warhead into an asteroid. Yeah, to save the save the world. He's the only person that they could pick to do that. 
Ben right. Affleck. Where they had to pick miners or these drillers to become astronauts and not astronauts to be miners. Yeah. Uh, someone asked him that. Someone yeah. asked him that on the set, didn't they? And he just told them to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's got, yeah, it's totally ridiculous. And we've spoken to that about that about the movie before, but mm. uh but Bruce Willis is perfect in that movie. He is. He, he is, is perfect in that. I think movie. to be fair, the whole movie is brilliantly cast. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a great movie. It's like it's totally ridiculous. And you can tell that a lot of the people are there for the paycheck. Um well, yeah, and right to be so because absolutely. it was a huge, a huge film, wasn't absolutely. it? it was massive when it came out. Absolutely. It was the two together, wasn't it? That and Deep Impact and Deep Armageddon's Impact. Deep Impact back out into the atmosphere. Very good, Neil. Very Boom. <laughs> Not in your top ten, then, Andy. No, no, I don't Ooh, have that. I am um, interesting. I mean, it's got one of the iconic kind of theme tunes as well, doesn't it? Mm. Like the Aerosmith, and that's a great song. I don't know. I just, mm, I mean, it, it could have been in my top ten. I mean, these are quite interchangeable at times. It just depended on my mood when I wrote it. Um, as it kind of goes on, but no, it's just one that I've never, never been a huge fan of. I think as well that it was. I mean, I preferred it to Deep Impact, but um, that's uh, easy enough to say because that. Was yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot more memorable than Deep Impact. Put it that way. Mm, um, definitely. Regardless of obviously, you know, the believability or or whatever, but. It's great with the fact that everybody that is in it, although the story is absolutely ridiculous, everybody's playing it straight. Everybody's playing yeah. it like it's you know they're, they're not they haven't got a you know a nod and a wink going. Yeah, we know this is ridiculous. And there's bits in it that, like, like I've said before, do genuinely get me in the feels. You know the the what's his name? Who's the Patton? Will Patton. Will Patton. That's right. When he's when he comes home, and then his estranged girlfriend or whatever or wife. And his son comes running around the corner. That always gets me. And and just Bruce Willis on the rock, and we win Gracie. And oh, it's just fun. It's it's, it's a good old fashioned rip romp. roaring romp. Yes, mm. exactly. It's a very nineties disaster movie. It definitely yeah. feels like a nineties movie. Like, yeah. Um, I have rewatched it. It's not that I've never rewatched it, and I just don't like. I, like have a dislike for it or anything, but um, yeah, it definitely feels like, like his opening scene and he's teeing off at the Greenpeace boat when he's just right. at them yeah. all and everything. And yeah, as I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, a good, enjoyable movie. I don't have any kind of hatred towards it or anything. Yeah, okay. Just didn't make the cut. Make the cut. No, my, my number nine was Twelve Monkeys. So it's up to you again, Andy, for number eight, please. Hmm. This might be a bit controversial. Um, I went for Glass. Oh, okay. Do you know, I still haven't watched it. I'm going to be mm. 100% honest. I haven't seen it. Interesting. So this was kind of hated, maybe a strong word, but not well received. Um, I've got a lot of time for it. It kind of subverts. It's M. Night Shyamalan making his superhero movie, or just yeah. the third part of his superhero trilogy. Um, and it's just... It's a really talky movie like it's strange and he makes he does such a good job with the the gets the performance out of bruce willis who we hadn't seen for um in that type of role for a while um we get uh james mcavoy just been great in it um 
and Samuel L. Jackson coming back as Mr. Glass. I can see why people didn't like it because it wasn't, and and actually when I first watched it, I actually didn't like it either. It was quite, um, it was quite uh, <laughs> something clattering in the background. Yeah. Um, uh, slow. It's quite a slow movie, um, and. I wanted to see Bruce Willis versus James McAvoy scrapping on top of a building and knocking things over, and but it just never happened. Mm. And but it was it wasn't until the second watch it gets ridiculous at the end, like really ridiculous and too many twists. I think Shyamalan's kind of hampered themselves by having so many twists now. But yeah, I just I, I've got a lot of time for it. I think he's done a really good job of making a different superhero movie. It's weird you say that because one of the um, criticisms for most superhero movies is that oh god it's the it's the the baddie versus the hero and all they're doing is fighting with each other and smashing into buildings i've only seen a little bit of glass i've not seen all of it but i i was i think it was i was expecting that kind of like you said that that kind of superhero movie it when it didn't it was getting very very boring Mm. and um what was the one before split wasn't it split yeah fantastic movie really good and then with them with the ending when you see bruce willis's character Mm. i thought this is going to be really really good and i was really disappointed and it sort of like Mm. took me out of watching the movie and i I probably should go back to it really yeah i almost included split but because he's basically in it for 10 seconds i thought there that much (laughs) yeah 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 that's fair enough uh right neil you said planet terror for your number eight yeah uh, my number eight is Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Um, so I was wondering whether you, you shouldn't really put all three Die Hard movies together. Well, I don't count four and five, whatever it is. There's only three Die Hard movies as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you can't but I think, put them all together. No, but I think each individual one has got their merits. Mm. And Die Hard 2 as much again as it's ridiculous that I think he even says during the movie, how can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? It's, it's got some fantastic bits that, that you know, the, 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 um, spoilers, but the, the twist <laughs> where the, the, you know, the, the soldiers are actually working for the bad guy. You've got William Sadler. I think it was yeah, who played he is, death with in the, uh, that's right. Yeah. We, yeah, we can, I mean, he sure can turn a TV off, can't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen anyone turn a TV off that quick. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. I was so impressed with his um, sculpted body as he <laughs> flicks that remote control. <laughs> I don't quite know what they were trying to make it out. I suppose he's got quick reflexes, I suppose. But but yeah, I think it's a great, great movie, a great it's got sequel. some great set pieces. Oh, it's got some, yeah, some fantastic... And the whole... Um, with the fact that, that his wife is up in the plane... Stuck on the same plane as uh, William Atherton. I can't remember what his name is in in this because no, I, I was I just think of him as the guy from Ghostbusters. But he always plays total shits, doesn't he? He's always that, yeah. that kind of he's got that kind of face. Yeah. But they're up. He's you know, the plane's up, and so he blows up the, the the baddie plane and gives them the runway for his wife to come down and stuff. So yeah, that's uh, my number eight. Andy, your number seven, please. Don't hate me for this, but it's Die Hard. You know what? <laughs> I genuinely thought that this week, this episode was going to be the one when we all have the same number one. I really thought oh, yeah. it was going to be. But Who's okay. to say it is our? What? No. Who's to say oh, it is all our number ones? Well, I know for a fact it isn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I have asked two as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Uh, go on then, Andy. 
I really like Die Hard. I'm not, again, these are all great movies that are on this list. It's just never, I got to it quite late and it wasn't a movie I was brought up with and I feel like that type of movie should have been something that I was maybe brought up with a bit more to get mm. the full kind of experience and the full love of it. Um, it's iconic, it's flawless and it's not that it's not a great movie as I keep taking it, back myself out, dig myself out of this hole. Um, it's just, again, yeah, it's just one that is, isn't as kind of influential on me and hasn't had the, the the same influence that movies of that era have had, like your Terminator, your Terminator 2, um, mostly Arnie stuff, if I was to go through the list of that, that's because it was just a kind of big Arnie mark when I was younger. Um, it's... Was that, it wasn't his first movie, was it? No. 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 He did that one no. with Kim Basinger, didn't he? Yeah, date Blind Date. Night. There was Blind one date. called Aye. Sunset, something like that as well, yeah. yeah. But it was kind of like he's... I know there was a lot of uh, issues around casting him because he was seen as that sitcom guy or that kind of mm. TV guy. And yeah. he's fantastic, isn't it? He's so good. He's likeable and he's... He's likeable by being a dick at the same time, yeah. which is great. And you've got Alan Rickman just hamming it up on screen and that, even the, the, the kind of the, the henchmen in the background cast in it are great and yeah it's, it's a fantastic movie it just uh, mm. it was seventh sorry <laughs> yeah no that's fine that's fine yeah uh, Thornburg William Atherton played that's right and you obviously had the you had the FBI guys and you had the the head of the police Paul Gleason who was yeah. Dwayne T Robinson and then well, what was the what was the Argyle that's was right. The, he uh, was the policeman. And, no, I no, was uh, the uh, chauffeur. The chauffeur. And then, uh, and then you had Johnson and Johnson. And Johnson and Johnson with the FBI's, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Sergeant Al Powell was the, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll okay. talk about it. My version, my view on it, a little bit later on. Whenever that may be. Whenever that may be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, whenever that may be. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number seven. The sixth sense to me. Um, when I first saw this, I saw this before it came over in this country because I was in America at the time and it came That's my out. number six, by the way. Uh, Okay. My number five. Um, I was blown away with it. The more I've seen it, the less I've liked it, if this makes sense. Mm. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, it's, it's makes sixth grow- sense. Yeah, it's growing away Perfect sixth sense. He's a great actor in this. It's a great performance. Did you see um, Did you see the spoiler coming? Obviously, that, you know, he's a ghost. Did you see it when you no. saw it at the cinema? No, I didn't. No. That was one of those movies that, it took you ages to get a seat because you, you know to book your seat, right? Because every time for like weeks, it was like everybody mm. and and I don't think the internet was as as prevalent, um, no, it prevalent wasn't, as no. it is now. So nobody, when we went, nobody said what the the spoiler was. Yeah. The only trouble was it was a bit like Scream. You knew there was a spoiler. You knew there was a, there was a twist. So all the way through it, you were going, "That's what the twist is." That's what it's just like the the guy mm. the, the kitty or the bloke that kills himself at the start, yeah, had like What's a little name, white um, fleck. That was Donnie Wahlberg, wasn't it? Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. He had a white fleck in his hair, and then the Haley Joel Osment character had a white fleck in their hair, and I thought, oh, that's the same person. Oh, he's the same. So you start looking for things, and you're thinking, yeah. oh, that means that, and that means that, when none of it really. But so yeah, when it happened, it was a. Oh my god! Moment, fucking. Because I saw it literally. It was about six weeks before it was released in this country. So everybody kept saying to me, "I said, I'm not going to say a word. You're not going to say a word. You'll have to just go and see it." Um, but it, I sort of, like I said, it's higher up my list because the last time I watched it, I didn't get half as much pleasure out of it than I did previously. Mm. Not to say it wasn't a bad performance. Um, I'm just finding Shalman a bit of a bit of a trope. I'm not a fan of Shalman's direction. Mm. And I've noticed it in that. It's quite a weak director that's done it, you know, with his visuals and everything like that. You know, he really plays on some real stereotypical things. You know, the young girl in the in the teepee or the made-up tent when she pukes, which is probably the biggest jump in the whole movie. Um, yeah, I'm, so it's, I'm sort of growing away from it, but I still like Bruce Willis's performance. I think he's fantastic in it. He's quite understated in it, isn't he? That's mm, the thing. That's it's what not, I like. Yeah, he's not it's, being a hero as such. No, it's just, it's just being human, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of the twist, um, I remember my mum and dad rented it for me because I was just too young to go and see it. So when it came out on video, they rented it, and I told someone that I was playing football with. She says, "Oh, I'm watching The Sixth Sense when I go home tonight," and he went. Oh, Bruce Willis, a ghost. Oh, <laughs> <what are> you... <laughs> fucking dick. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, that was it. And I think I'm pretty sure I told my mum when she went out and had a go at them. Because <laughs> yeah. they'd seen it. Uh, right. They'd seen it in the cinema. My mum and dad seen it in the cinema. It was for me to watch with them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, that's like when Homer comes out of Empire Strikes Back yeah. and you're queuing up. I can't believe that. <laughs> Vader is Luke's dad. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, it was I the, think... uh, the American reaction when I went to sit, sat in an American audience was great, I have to say. Yeah, the, yeah. the way they, you heard the oohs and the ahs when the, the big twist was revealed. But it was also a perfect movie because you had to go back and watch it again to, to see, see all the clues. Yeah. yeah. So when um, is it Olivia Williams, his wife, is sat at the, like the, the restaurant table, nothing moves. So it does, you don't re- realise that, that she, that she doesn't know that her mm. husband, a dead husband, is there, but nothing gets touched, so she wouldn't know. You know, it's, it's very, that's very clever. I thought that was very clever how they did it. Um, I haven't seen it for a long time, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah I watched whether it, it not hold so long ago. I introduced my daughter to it to see whether she'd like it. She'd not watched it, so yeah, in lockdown, and that's when I sort of realised it wasn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah, I think it's an issue with Shyamalan's movies, isn't it? Once you've seen them and the twists been revealed, mm. yeah, then you can't. I mean, you can still get enjoyment out of rewatching them. Like I rewatched Signs recently, and I really like Signs. Um, and I still thought it was was great, but it's yeah, because but... it's um, it's not as twisty in that no. movie. No. Um, but once you've seen it initially and you've had that kind of build up to it, then it's, it's the kind of originality of it's gone. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If if you're relying on a twist at every movie, it's mm. like you, you, once you've shot your load, that's it. There's there's nothing. Else to oh, sorry to put it that way, but you know, <laughs> but then there, there is literally you're just left there cleaning up the mess, aren't you? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Which would be the last Airbender, would didn't he direct that? Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. I I've mean, not that seen was... that. Did that have a twist in it? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows whether there was a uh-huh. twist in it. And also with Sixth Sense, I think Haley Joel Osment is amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, that performance and also that yeah. whole scene when her, him, and uh, Tony Collette are in the car. And he's been speaking to somebody that died in the car crash. I think it was a, yeah. a, a bike. That whole scene, then saying about her, her mum came and saw you when you were dancing or whatever. That's fantastically. Yeah, I can see what you mean though, Neil. In, in regards to, it becomes a bit of a one-trick pony. That's the trouble, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. My number seven is Unbreakable. Uh, we spoke a little bit earlier regarding Glass. Um, you, you guys got Unbreakable. Yeah. It's my number four. Your number four. Mm. No, not for me. I'm going to sit out of this one because I really don't like this movie. You don't? No. I okay. think it's one of the most boring movies. No, I thought, see, I thought it was just, it was a great slow burn. I don't normally like slow burn movies, but that one was a real slow burn movie. And the fact that you're learning alongside Bruce Willis, like what he is, mm. you know, to the point that his son believes that if he points a gun at him and he shoots him, he'll be fine. I mean, that's a hell of a experiment to, to, you know, to have. I just think it's, it's a really good. And, and the thing is, it doesn't, the movie doesn't count on the twist. Yeah. I mean, I think, but plus it also builds up with another twist in regards to Samuel L. Jackson's character and what he's been doing. And the fact that he thinks that he's his opposite and is, um, is his villain to his hero. Uh, no, I, again, I haven't seen it for a while, but I, that's one of my. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm problematic with it because I get where you're coming from, but the, when they're talking, the dialogue. I wish there wasn't a minute pause between every fucking word. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. honestly. I, it really drove me up the wall. It's one film I nearly walked out of at the cinema. It was driving me fucking crazy. It's. 
I think one of Sherman's weakest parts is probably his dialogue writing. Like, mm. if he gets it right, it can be good, but more often than not, it's a bit of a struggle. But as you're saying, Pav, it's just kind of you're watching Bruce Willis test himself, and it's essentially it's an origin story, really, isn't it? It's yeah. a kind of different yeah. version of an origin story, and the twist isn't the kind of be all and end all of the movie, but it works. Like, and then it just kind of I think I'm pretty sure you find out the twist, and then it just ends. It's like, all right, mm. okay, that'll be that then. <laughs> like, and yeah, I think again, it's about the the great performances for those two, and um, just the kind of intriguing. I, I, again, similar with Glass, the first time I seen Unbreakable, I was younger as well. Like the Glass, I wasn't, but when I seen it, I was quite young, and I was expecting the superhero movie, and watching him fight bad guys in his rain jacket, and that wasn't there. But mm. no, I've, I, I think it's great. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Okay, then. Um, let me see. That was my number seven. So, Andy, your number six, please. Went for Ryan Johnson's Looper. Oh, that's my number six as well. Great minds. All right, of course. Um, it has actually been a wee while since I've watched this, but I think the idea of it, and time travel is quite a hard thing to get right. Mm. And I, I, I think they just get it spot on with this. It's a great sci-fi movie. The prosthetics and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are a bit <laughs> iffy. I don't know why you needed to do that. Just say he's young Bruce Willis and don't make his nose off on like just That'd be fine. Um, and you've got, again, another... A, a, Bruce Willis playing the villain, really, isn't he? He is, yeah. Essentially, in the movie, like... Which you don't see very often. He was never much a. I've seen that, and I've got Planet Terror as well. But as mm-hmm. a, a kind of, <clears throat> he has his motivations, which you kind of understand, but at the same time, morally he's wrong. Which is not something that morally wise. He's usually the like mm. we're saying the kind of eighties, nineties action hero. Um, some great action set pieces in it, and. I really like the finale of it. I think the way it kind of wraps up, I think it's great. Absolutely. And well, it's such a well-directed movie as well. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it makes time travel, which a lot of films lose you sometimes with the time travel element. This one, it explained it really well uh, and showed it really well. And Bruce Willis is great. And like you said, he's a great bad guy. Mm. I wish we'd seen him do it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I... I've only seen this movie once and I saw it a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. So that's why I never put it in my top 10. I, ne- I needed to think, watch it again. So I could... Yeah, I know. It's well worth a rewatch because mm. to me, it hasn't aged at all because no. it, it doesn't rely on massive effects and stuff like that. Like, like Andrew said, the only thing that takes you out a little bit is the prosthetics. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You say, what's the point? There was no need to do that, really. There was wasn't, it? but, no. you know. I mean, Brian Johnson's a really good director. I don't know what you uh, think of Last Jedi or anything, but that's one of my, I think that's my third favourite Star Wars probably. Right. But it's, and also Knives Out, I think it's great. And uh, Yeah, so do I. I'm looking forward to the new one that's coming. Mm, which he's made about 500 million off of Netflix or something, whatever they're paying him. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, it gets a quite a tight story. I can't remember the exact length of the movie, but I don't think it's just, I don't think it's over two hours. No, it's about and, 100 minutes. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, What's that? What Looper? A lot of story. Yeah. Looper story. It's yeah. One hour 59. So just under. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. It certainly doesn't feel as long as that then. Yeah. Um, but he gets Which a is always a good sign. Like, it's a good yeah, sign. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, a, he, as I say, he's a great director and, um, like you were saying, it's well shot. 
um, well lit. It's just the weird nose thing that kind of pulls you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Um, so that was both of yours, number sixes. Uh, my number six was The Sixth Sense. Uh, Andy, your number five was The Sixth Sense. So, yep. Neil, what's your number five? It's Sin City, the time that they really did bring a comic book to the big screen for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it really looked like, well, it was a comic book, wasn't it, on the big screen? And mm. I, I'm i a big fan. I don't like the sequel to Sin City at all. It's rubbish. It is absolutely dire. But this one hit the mark in every way. You know, Clive Owen was fantastic. Mickey Rourke, I think, actually steals the whole movie. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, Bruce Willis is fantastic in it. They all are. And it's just a visual delight in behind you, you know, into your eyes. I mm. I love it. I think it's great. It's my number three. Yeah. Okay. It's a very strong movie. I w- yeah. Like I said, I wish they'd done the sequel, but, but, you know, just got somebody else to write it or something because yeah. I so wanted it as a sequel to be so good. Was it I think they left it. A Day to Kill for, yeah. I think they left it too long. Yeah, no, I agree. So, and it, the way they made the movies, I've got all of the graphic novels, and they kind of took stories that were later on, and then in the sequel, they went back to the same characters who had died yeah. from their earlier stories, which I think the first book's called A Day to Kill For, and it's about Marv. Marv? Aye. Yeah, yeah. It's his story. Um <sighs> The actual, the main, the, the the original movie, yeah. I don't think we'd ever seen anything like it. No, like, it was a visual delight, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was before 300, wasn't it? So, hmm. yeah, it have been before yeah. 300, which I, I used to like and I rewatched and now I really, really dislike. But that style of filmmaking where it was all green screen pretty much. And obviously you had like um, guest directors as well. Tarantino does a scene did, with yeah. Clive Owen where he's, yeah. he's kind of speaking his inner monologue. Um, which was great, and didn't and what's the name Alan Moore do a bit himself as well? Mm, and yeah, uh, Frank Miller. Frank Miller, I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah he done a bit, and it was actually the first. Was it the first? It wasn't the first eighteen movie I seen, but I bought a ticket to go and see Garfield, and snuck in to see it, and I had <laughs> one seat left, one seat left in a huge cinema in Glasgow, and mm. uh, I was worried for the whole two hours that I was. Um, going to get lifted <laughs> I just assumed that that's what would happen but yeah. it's, it's clever as well isn't it with the way they did the visuals that you know the blood mm. just came out white and things like that so they could yeah. up the ante as it were and you weren't overly shocked or offended mm. but, it, yeah, but, it, but, but no I, I like it it just didn't make my top 10 I do like the movie um, yeah visually stunning it is um, grotesque in places Absolutely, you know, it's like Elijah Wood. The Elijah Wood, yeah, the Elijah Wood bit is just fucking just barbaric. It is is crazy, but it's um, it's got some like Carla Gugino, I think her name is. Yeah, she's the one that gets cut up. Oh, she gets her hand cut off. Yeah, but I mean, she's she's lovely. She is. I I do like it. Carla Gugino. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's an amazing cast. Yeah, Brooke yeah, Howard, Rosario Dawson, Powers Booth, Jessica Alba, yeah, Mickey Rourke, yeah. But it just didn't. It just didn't make the top ten. It just was. I think probably would have been number eleven or twelve. I think mm. uh, in mine. We had um, like, so the second one. The second one looked a little bit dated, but they also had like the copycat of the spirit. 
I don't know if you've ever seen this. Oh, yeah, it was fucking yeah. awful. Yeah, it's awful. It was just people kind of criticising. Um, sorry, I just had my dad phoning me there. <laughs> <laughs> In case you kind of guess it, yeah. happened. Um, so um. I um, kind of had a, a few copycats, and then I think. Um, but that was, I think that was directed by Frank Miller, wasn't it? The, yeah, that was. That was his own yeah, kind of yeah. baby, if you want to call it that. Mm. It, was, it was really bad. Um, and then maybe Sucker Punch is a wee bit kind of following it as well. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Stylistically, but maybe not um, visually. If you no, that's get, a bad really. movie as well. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I rewatched that recently, and I have feel a bit better about it on a second rewatch. I think I liked what they were trying to do, but they just don't pull it off, mm. which is mm. unfortunate, but yeah. And that was yeah, one of like, Oscar Isaac's first um, performances. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah. He plays the orderly, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But it was, yeah, because it sort of went from Sin City and then I think um, Zack Snyder sort of took the the mantle of that kind of filmmaking, wasn't it? it with with mm. 300 and you know, all, all sort of green screen and slow motion and rain and all that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I okay. Three hundred in ages. I might have another. I actually version. enjoy three. I think three hundred is 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 good. I mean, if you take in, you don't take it as a history lesson. Really? <laughs> really? Well, no, because some of it is is pretty much near what happened, but some of it isn't. But take it as a as a good action movie. It's a romp, I think. isn't it? It's another yeah. romp. But I want to see how it's it a... looks because it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. It's a bit problematic now as well. It's like a lot of homophobia in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Quite and yeah, it, it, it was what it was at the time. I remember loving it when I was younger, but I just kind of already watched it and it just didn't take again. Yeah, and I also think it's been parodied so much yeah, that it becomes you sort of you you realise where the joke comes from when you when you watch it. You know, a lot of the stuff. Okay, so that was sixth, wasn't it? That was number six. So Sin City was your number five, Neil. Yeah, my number five. Uh, probably going to be higher in your guys, but is Pulp Fiction? Well, that's my number two. Same, yeah, two. Yeah, I thought it might be. Um, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of the movies that if it's on ITV three or ITV two, I'll I'll carry on watching it from wherever it is. Um, it's a it's a genius of a movie. Yeah. I think Bruce Willis again. He's not the star of the movie. There's there's people that I think in it like John Travolta that. And Samuel L. Jackson are a little bit, you know, they have more to do, if you like. But his whole segment, for me... With the watch. Yeah, yeah, but there was a shock. I wasn't expecting all mm. that, bring out the gimp, but the Yes, gimp. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, it was yeah. like, this is Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing that Tarantino does brilliantly in all of his movies, if someone goes into a room and you don't know what's happening in that room, you think that person's going to die. Like when Bruce Willis all through once he's he's done with Zed and he's got the bike and he goes back to pick his girlfriend up. Yeah. The shot is him getting off the bike, going up the stairs to the apartment, and you don't see anything. So it doesn't cut to anything. So I when I remember watching that for the first time, I thought, you're gonna see blam blam in a minute, mm. and Bruce Willis is dead. Because he's just gonna die, because you don't see where he is, and all he does is go and pick his girlfriend up, and then they come back, and it's just one shot. It doesn't cut yeah. away to anything else. And that's the genius of Tarantino, because he makes you second guess what you're watching. Instead mm. of just watching, right, if somebody going there to pick his girlfriend up, you think someone's gonna get fucking shot in the head in a minute. You know it is because it's Tarantino. Yeah, well, it's right. like Travolta's death in it, isn't it? It's blinking. Exactly. It? <laughs> and so many people are like, 
did he kill him? Yeah. Is he dead? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's why. Fantastic. Yeah. Pulp Fiction is. I, I love Tarantino movies, even the ones that are. I think his his editor passed away a few years ago. That's right. And you yeah. can yeah. tell quite a bit. But I even love them. I loved Hateful Eight. Oh, yeah. Like, it gets it, it, it such, it gets pilloried. Yeah. Like, people just didn't seem to like it because it was three hours of people sitting in a lodge talking. But that's yeah. fine. Like, Tarantino's the best. Um, sorry, Leo. The best <laughs> uh, screenwriter or the best um, thing we write, or a scriptwriter, sorry. Yeah. Um, that's around now. And what you're talking about when kind of subverting the expectation, like, when he went to, have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, love that movie. Yeah, it's great. But with the scene where Brad Pitt goes to the the kind of commune, mm. and you're sitting and you're going, someone's going to die here. This is going to exactly. be a big shootout, and it's nothing really happens. He punches a guy in the face, makes him change yeah. his tire, and fucks yeah. off. And you are on your edge of your seat because you think something bad is going to happen, and that's what he knows that you think that. So he plays on it even more, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty yeah. of how he, with every one of his movies, there's tension there, which you're building the tension yourself because mm. you think something is going to... He's not He's yeah. not doing anything. It's not like there's music that is going, you know, mm. building the tension up. It's all in your own head. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of Tarantino is that he read does the, that. Read his novelization of his own movie. Of, of, of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah I've heard it's great. It's fucking like, I've brilliant. Never got into it. Honestly, yeah. it's fucking brilliant. The guy is a genius. Yeah. The guy yeah, is yeah. a genius. Right, quick question then. Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Huh? Yeah. Right, I've never been a fan of Reservoir Dogs. I've never been a fan of Reservoir Dogs. I think it's it's good, but it's... I, no, it's never been... It wouldn't even be my top five of his. Like... Um, and I think he, I'd have rather pref, I'd have rather seen him make his version of True Romance. Cause obviously, he wrote True Romance. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I would have rather. Mm. Yeah, because I think that original that or the, the, that movie is utter Garbage. shite. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's Oliver Stone doing Oliver Stone. It's uh, Oliver Stone gone so far up his own ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, I, I I'm a huge fan of Reservoir Dogs. I think it's probably mm. one of the most. Oh, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Movie debuts. Yeah, but um, I love the yeah. fact that now he's at the point now that if he wants to write a scene like a 25 minute scene of two people just chatting, he's he'll just it. do it. He doesn't give a mm. shit. He doesn't. He doesn't yeah. care what yeah. anybody thinks. If that's what's right for the story. That's what's right for the story. But that's what I found about um, the Hateful Eight. When I first watched it at the cinema, I didn't enjoy it because I felt the numbness come through and I didn't mm. took me a second viewing to fall in love with it. Mm. Yeah. Really did. I uh, love the fact that it's like unapologetically yeah, long slow and, long. and it's slow. Like a, it's and... like an old fashioned Sergio Leone Western. Well, it is even you know, the sweeping vistas, but then you have like a 10 minute shot of a carriage just cleaving well, across. Ennio Morricone to do some yeah. score, didn't he? Exactly. So, yeah, fantastic shows. stuff. That, yeah. is, that is a top 10 we need to do, a top 10 Tarantino movies. Ah, uh, can I come back for that? You can, absolutely. Yeah. You, you booked your spot on that one. Plus okay. this is recording, so it's like... It's, it's going to be written in blood now, Andrew. <laughs> don't edit this bit out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so where were we? So that was uh, my number five. So, Andy, you said Unbreakable for your number four. Mm-hmm. And Neil, you said Twelve Monkeys for your number four. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Okay. Um, I know. I pretty much. I think every single Die Hard movie was originally 
an original story for something else. It wasn't mm-hmm. you know, the script. No, it was, no. and it, it was Simon Says, I think, was That's the name. Right. Of, I've got the script. Have you got the script? Yeah, the original um, script. And then obviously they tied it into um, Hans Gruber's brother, which was um, Simon Gruber, yeah. um, which was Jeremy Irons. And again, Jeremy Irons doing the same as Alan Rickman and totally just like chewing up the scenery and being a, a just a really good villain. And it's it's a bit of a romp. And it's Bruce Willis, it's John McClane on his ass. Um, fantastic between him and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Just great chemistry. Um, Samuel L. Jackson just in typical motherfucker mode where he doesn't yeah. give a shit about anybody. He just wants to care about himself and his like his community and stuff. Um, just love the whole premise of that where he's being given different tasks all the way around New York City just as a smokescreen for stealing money. So, That's you know, Simon Gruber's just no better and no more of a terrorist than his brother was. And it was the return of John McTiernan, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yeah. You still just love good... playing... Sorry. Sorry, what did you say? Did you have the um, the Die Hard trilogy game for the PlayStation? Um, I think I, I might have done. I might have done. That was yeah. a long, long time ago. So it was... Um, they had Die Hard... It uh, was... Uh, platform game where you watch LB up Die Hard 2 was one of these ones that was better if you had a gun right because you just targeted but then Die Hard 3 you were in a taxi and you had to run over bombs but you could look from the inside of the car and just go up on the curb and just plow people and right. the, blood, <laughs> the blood would just spray onto the windscreen and the windscreen wipers would come on it was so oh, right. violent oh, oh, yeah. just, there's just a flash there of that it's a great game they need a, they need a um, uh, what do you call it a uh, remake Re- uh, remake uh, yeah, God, I don't think I did then because that doesn't sound familiar. But uh, it was all in one. It was all in one disc. So it was the three games on one disc. Oh right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh Christ, that's mad. Okay, so that was my number four. Number three for you, Andy, was Sin City. Mm-hmm. So Neil, what is your number three? The Fifth Element. Ah. I'm a big fan of this movie, and it has to me. That's it's my number as, three as well. Is it? It's still yeah. as good now as it ever was. Multipass. Multipass. I I just think it's funny. It's great action. Great villain Gary Oldman. Visually stunning. That doesn't look dated now. Uh, the way they've done it. Um, just everything about the whole movie. And Willis gives a almost a laid back performance, but isn't if you know what I mean. You know, he, well, he's he he's the straight man in the movie, isn't he? He is. He's, but he's, he's like got us. some great emotional bits in it. Oh, he's. It's a yeah, it's a great movie. It's such a great movie. Ian Holmes, funny as, isn't he? Yeah. Chris Tucker, uh, a little bit maybe over the two over the top. But then that's Chris Tucker, you know what you're getting, and he put the the character of Chris Tucker in that movie is supposed to be OTT, isn't he? So, yeah. 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 Lee Evans. Oh yeah, I forgot he was in it. Yeah. Yeah. When they're having the how many is there <laughs> outside the room with all those weird alien creatures. Lee Evans was a good actor, wasn't he? Really, he was good. Well, Mouse Hunt, one of the one of the best comedies ever. Yeah, and he was funny. And there's something about Mary. Anyway, it's not the top ten Lee. No, Evans it's not, <laughs> not doing the top ten Lee Evans movie. But Bruce Willis, great performance, visually stunning movie, and I must watch this at least once a year. Mm. Yeah, I, I I I haven't seen it for a while, but I definitely need to um, need to watch it again. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course we we had that live show where um, Whitney Whitney came dressed as Lilu with all her bandages. Just the bandages. I tell you what, Andy, you've never seen so many 
people stop in their tracks when we had a, a, a live podcast show and uh, we had a fancy dress and she came dressed with just like tape just in in certain areas it was unbelievable that was it. that's all she wore unbelievable i mean she wore it well didn't she she, she, did. she well, wore she's it well. some sort of model anyway so yeah 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 sort of helps. yeah oh my lord i just wish we'd taken more I... photographs we should have taken more photographs that's what you should have done <laughs> i might have but they're in my oh right collection. okay well <laughs> send them over to me when you've uh, finished with them neil uh right so that was your number three that was my number three um andy your number two was pulp fiction mm-hmm. neil your number two was pulp fiction my number two was armageddon so before we release the uh, release before we reveal our number ones andy do you want to give us a rundown from 10 to 2 please yep uh, number 10 12 monkeys number nine planet terror number eight glass number seven die hard number six looper five six sense four unbreakable Three Sin City and two Pulp Fiction. Wonderful. Neil, you're 10 to 2. So, number 10, Look Who's Talking. Number 9, Armageddon. Number 8, Planet Terror. Number 7, Six Sense. Number 6, Looper. Number 5, Sin City. Four, 12 Monkeys. Three, Fifth Element. And two, Pulp Fiction. Thank you. And mine is number 10, The Last Boy Scout. Nine, 12 Monkeys. Eight, Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Seven, Unbreakable. Six, The Six Sense. Five, Pulp Fiction. Four, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Three, The Fifth Element. And two, Armageddon. So, Andy, what is your number one Bruce Willis movie? Number one's The Fifth Element. Yes. Absolutely love it. It's It's great. Yeah. It's, um, it was the first 4K I actually bought. And I I think I put my settings wrong because it didn't look great. But sometimes, you know, sometimes these older movies can kind of, when they're can put to scrutiny at really high HD, they don't hold up. But mm. I think I had my settings wrong, so I need to go back and rewatch it again. Um, yeah, from Mila Jovovich being great in it, Bruce Willis, it's, it's the most kind of I can't be fucked performance. Not as in he's, his performance he can't be fucked, but like his character is just sick of it. Like, yeah. it's almost like um, Dante from... Uh, Clerks are not even supposed to be here today. Just can't be bothered. Yeah. Mm. Um, the comedy and the action in it are great. It's also a really interesting take where the main villain and the main hero never meet, never face off. Which I don't know if that's a right. I can't imagine that's quite a regular thing to happen. But Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis never meet in the whole movie. No. Oh, do they meet? No, do they meet at one point? No, I don't think they do. Just trying to think. I, think I, don't, I don't think they do. No. Which is quite a brave decision to make because you would want the big face off. You'd want Gary Oldman come in with his gun that blows everything up and mm. turns everything into flames and freezes everything, and Bruce Willis to kind of have to face off against him. But they they, they avoided that. Um, I think my favourite scene is once the you know you've got the the alien doing the opera once the yes. opera house is getting attacked and he's trying to get the, the deaf guy to throw him the gun. <laughs> I can't remember what he throws him now. I've taken a total blank. And he's just like, he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. watching a good audio medium. Actually, he's recorded this video as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, a great blend of sci fi. I think it's looked best in joint best, probably, by um, Leon. Um, he can be a bit hit or miss, like Lucy, I wasn't a fan of, but I think in this, mm. he just gets everything spot on um 
I think Luke um, Besson in his, in the nineties was in his prime. That was mm, the best Luke Besson times. Yeah, is he run Lola run run Lola run? Was he was that Luke Besson? I don't know. I think yeah. he was only the producer, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Was he the producer of that? Yeah, he yeah. did. Um, look, La Nikita, which is yeah, which is fantastic. If you ever get to see that, you see Jean Reno as the cleaner mm-hmm. before he went into Leon, called Leon, funny enough. Um, then Leon, brilliant. Yeah, got Fifth Element, brilliant. Yes. What did we get after that? Because I said I think after that, I've never really Joan kept. Of Arc, didn't he? Oh, he yeah. Which was which I I admire, and visually it looked good, but it was dull mm. as ditch water. Valerian in a city of a thousand planets. <laughs> visually again <laughs> looks great, but what a bore! Bore, it's a complete bore. Well, I remember we did a um, trailer reaction to that. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't wasn't good at all <laughs> at all. Yeah, Joan of Arc, Fifth Element, Leon, Lucy um, just became Lucy ridiculous. Or... Yeah, it the big good. blue. The big blue's good, mind. It did. Uh, way. Lucy started well, and then the end just went. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. It was like she was indestructible. As soon as she became like all knowing and all seeing and indestructible, there was no, mm. there was nothing about it. What was the point no, of the no. movie? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's your number one, Neil. What's your number one? The color of night. I thought it might be because you get to see his willy. willy. Don't you no, know? it's not. That's it's what... Die Hard. Of, <laughs> of course, course it's it Die is. Hard. That's my number one as well. Which I think to this day, there's not many films that I will call a perfect movie yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. This is one. Um, Andrew's already pointed out probably the highlights of it. We don't need to go over them. We all know how great it is. But I think from the opening credits all the way through to the close of that movie, there's not one dull or bad thing in that film. So it is just the perfect movie, perfect performance from Willis. Um, it's why I didn't put the other diehards in. I think his performance became a bit too knowing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. As John McClane. Yeah, but I think after number three, that's definitely the point. And then he becomes well, yeah. this superhero that's fucking indestructible and can well, walk yeah. around Chernobyl. I mean, and- I do like Die Hard too. It would have probably scraped in if we'd have yeah. been top yeah. 11. But... Yeah, and the uh, fact that you know, he was probably about eighth or ninth choice to play John McClane. Yeah, because originally it was supposed to be Frank Sinatra. That's right. Because um, the the story again, it comes from a specific story. Well, was nothing it? like the movie, is it? No, no. Um, and then I think, was it Burt Reynolds? I think, and then was in there. There was was it Stallone? Stallone. Movie? I think Schwarzenegger might have been as well. Yeah, there were so many of them that were that were like. The chance to get the the part, but mm. but he got it, and you wouldn't think of anybody else now as John McClane. No, I'm so glad that they've now the can the idea of doing the like die or John McClane Year One, which they were oh, going to do, weren't they? They were going to do the prequel yeah. of John McClane when yeah, when he was just yeah. a beat cop. Well, that was the whole point of John McClane that he right. was a guy that was just a normal guy in an extraordinary situation. Mm. If you end up doing a prequel where he's de- dealt with terrorists before or something, it just Defeats the whole object of, of Die Hard. Exactly. That's um, like you're saying, especially in the eighties era, where it was Stallone and it was Schwarzenegger. Bruce Willis coming along and being this guy who's, I mean, he was kept himself in good nick. Yeah. But he's not this Adonis, like no, mostly, no. um, ripped kind of machismo about him. He was just a guy that was there. Yeah. 
knee shoes on. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> look at how beaten and battered he is at the end of Die Hard. Yeah, exactly. He's got blood coming out of everywhere and he's he's an absolute mess. There's no, you know, I have a quick wash and then my muscles are gleaming again. You know, he's he's someone that just gets hurt physically and, and mentally all the way through Die Hard. So, yeah, I think that's... Um, I really thought that was going to be the first one we were going to have where we were all de- all decided. But it's never mind. Nice, though, that it's not. It's quite. It's nice. nice. Like Absolutely. It's different. Absolutely. Um, we got some honourable mentions. Uh, Janine Bender said, "Gotta go with Die Hard, hands down." Stu Grant said, "In no particular order: Die Hard, Die Hard Two, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Death Becomes Her, Pulp Fiction, Four Rooms, Twelve Monkeys, Sin City, Unbreakable, and Sixth Sense." Stu Grant said, four rooms." I know. I mean, there's a couple of... I think the Bruce Willis bit in Four Rooms is the best Yeah, that's bit. the Tarantino bit. But yeah, yeah. The rest of it okay. is a struggle. Uh, at Brian underscore Leather said Last Boy Scout. At Hoogan Bard said Has to be the fifth element. Bonkers and brilliant in equal measure. Gary Oldman was such a great baddie. Also, I fancied the pants off Mila Jovovich. Jovovich? Is that how you say it? Jovovich? Jovovich. Yeah, Jovovich. Jovovich, thank you. Uh, Lisa Buchanan said, you know, it's difficult to find a Bruce Willis film I don't like, uh, all that Stu mentioned, plus my additions, Armageddon, The Whole Nine Yards. Remember that with Matthew Perry? Uh, Looper, Unbreakable, and not a movie, but his cameo role in Friends. Hmm. I didn't yeah, know he was in Friends. That's right. No, he did. I think he was he going out with Rachel's boyfriend. Rachel's boyfriend, but he was like really insecure, wasn't he? And Ross goes out with his daughter. I think that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Ross goes out with his daughter, which leads to him to meet Rachel, and that's then right. like there's a whole scene in a cabin, and Ross just being a creepy cunt as he usually is. Just yeah. Ross. yeah, just be... Andrew, I'll uh, let you into a secret. I've never seen an episode of Friends. We'll have, to, we'll have to do a like a top ten, top ten friends top episode, ten, just a commentary episode or something on the first episode of Friends, Neil. I don't know whether for our for our Patreon for the Patreons, and we'll do it as a special <laughs> thing because you've never yeah. seen an episode. Well, I've seen bits, obviously. I'll do, I'll do one where I listen to an listen to a um, Pink Floyd album and you no, do, radio you watch hell, a radio watch head an album from start oh, to finish. Fuck that! I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff. I've watched at the time, don't you? Like, and now you like it as a nostalgia thing. Yeah, like, I think if you watched it fresh now, it probably wouldn't have the same impact. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, and Jeff Flora says, "Well, I'm going to get shit for this." Hudson Hawk, dumb but love that movie. Hey, I um, don't mind Hudson Hawk. I think it's, it's all right. Under, under appreciated, I mean, it's harshly done, isn't it? It's yeah, harshly yeah. treated. Yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction, Die Hard, Death Becomes a. The Last Boy Scout, 12 Monkeys, and my personal favourite, The Fifth Element. So there you go. Um, Bruce, you're a legend. You're an absolute legend. And we hope that you enjoy your um, retirement. I know he'll be listening to this, because I'm sure he will. Um, but enjoy your retirement. And uh, and like I say, he's a, he's a Hollywood legend. So uh, he should enjoy his retirement and just chill out. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, Neil, tell everybody how they can get in touch and, and all that gubbins, please. Okay, you can find us on all the social medias at Top10Pods. Give us a click, give us a like, give us a follow. Email us at Top10Pods at hotmail.com. Come and help... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash Top10Pods. Uh, you can get all sorts of rewards and even be a guest on your own pod like Andrew here. Check out all the links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please come and subscribe, leave a review and a rating wherever you get your goddamn.
damn podcast from. That's right. And remember, there'll be a video playlist that goes with this episode for our Patreon uh, subscribers, um, which Andy very kindly is one. So thank you for your support, Andrew. It yes, thank you very much. The world to us, it really does. No problem. Um, that's it. So, Andy, uh, are you champions? Yes, we have. I drew one each. So, there, Oh, uh, well, congratulations. That'll do. That'll do. Pre- Champions League football for next season. Yep. And we'll see All you for done. the next top 10 for a Tarantino one. Yes, then. we'll see you for Tarantino. <laughs> we'll make it a three-hour <laughs> special. Because he's only got nine movies. Oh, shit. Yeah, maybe we well, need no, to wait. Um, we're talking of him being a director. You could have, like, he did CSI. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, the, my top Oh dear! This, yeah, you know, we might need best to... Tarantino screenplays. Count, yeah. count to romance in it, and um, yeah, it yeah, we, we yeah. we'll we'll sort something out. Sort something sure out. Yeah. Andy, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thanks very much. Always for a pleasure you. chatting to you. Um, we'll put the link to Andy's podcast in the show notes as well. So please give that uh, a listen and a review and a rating, and same as ours, give us a review and a rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil, thanks once again. Thank you very much, Pablo. Thank you very much, Andrew. Cheers, Neil. See you later. Thanks very much, everyone. And go and let's start. <laughs> Fuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. Let's go start the game, down. Ten, nine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.